When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, it is time once again for another edition of the Curtain Call podcast. My name is Michael Beck, your deputy editor behind the steelcurtain.com, and my partner in crime, as always, one Mr. Jeffrey Benedict. Jeffrey, how are you doing tonight, sir? Doing good, Michael. Doing good. Beautiful. I am uh, I'm happy to hear that. Of course, there's been some news this week that I, I think we should uh, probably touch on, uh, to uh, say the least. Uh, it seems like every day here, um, the past week, uh, there's been a list of names uh, getting brought up for the uh, Steelers soon to be vacant general manager position. Uh, we know they've uh, interviewed internally with uh, Hunt and Kahn. Uh, and of course, we know there's been a, a plethora of names from many teams across the NFL, from scouts to uh, VPs of player personnel uh, to ESPN hosts and Lewis Riddick. Uh, do uh, any of these names really jump out to you or are you surprised that the Steelers are kind of uh, reaching out in so many directions or uh, what do you think? I actually like that they're really doing a thorough search. Uh, I know the consensus is that they're going to ha- just promote one of the guys from within who's familiar with the systems, been here for the process, already you know comfortable working with ownership and Mike Tomlin and all that stuff. Uh, but I do like how thorough their search is. I was a little surprised uh, to hear Riddick's name, but it makes sense. And I'm I'm just glad to see they're they're you know thinking outside the box, looking around talking to just basically anyone and everyone. Uh, that's how, I mean, that's how we ended up with Mike Tomlin is they were interviewing a bunch of people and he just happened to, to come in and really knock their socks off and win the job. So 
I, I'm all for it. As many people as they want to interview, I'm I'm go I'm all go. Yeah, they're turning every stone. I, I think that's great. Uh, if they do bring an outside hire too, I'm pretty sure every GM role is filled. Uh, Omar Khan and Brandon Hunt aren't going anywhere, so you'll still have those minds inside the building plus some outside find. Um, so that's uh, that could be pretty big, uh, regardless. Um, nonetheless, the Steelers also uh, brought in a new wide receivers coach, uh, which was kind of surprising. I, I don't think anyone uh, realized uh, Ike Hilliard's uh, deal was uh, expiring. It did. Uh, here we are. Um, and uh, I, I'm blanking on the, on the new guy's name. I, I don't know if you have it, but uh, oh, the general it something. Yeah, different. it was like, uh, yeah, it was a different name. That's probably why I'm not uh, remembering it as I should. But um, the fact of the matter is the Steelers now have three offensive coaches from that NC State coaching staff when uh, Matt Canada was the offensive coordinator there. Of course, Canada being one of them, uh, running back coach uh, Faulkner being another, uh, and then uh, this brand-new wide receivers coach. So uh, what do you think of this? Frisman Jackson. Frisman Jackson. Thank you. What do you think of uh, the addition of a new coach? And obviously the Steelers are all in on Matt Canada's system. Well, I mean, I'm I'm not at all surprised, Michael. I mean, I know the Steelers listen to my Cutting Room Floor podcast, and, and they consider it a valuable source of advice for how to run the organization. Um, I actually pegged uh, Hilliard's spot as one that could use a change. Uh, he was the, the drop-off from when Richard Mann was running the show, Daryl Drake was running the show, uh, to what we we've seen under Ike Hilliard, I, I don't think speaks highly for him. And so for me, that was a position that was very easy to say, yeah, you can change this position. Uh, and they did. They did. I, I do think it's interesting. They brought someone in that has worked with uh, Matt Canada. Hopefully, hopefully he has the receivers blocking. I, of course, was a huge Richard Mann fan. Uh, I, I, that's not a, that's not really a secret. I was I was an enormous fan of Richard Mann. He drilled those receivers hands. You know, you didn't, you saw receivers drop balls, but the next year they weren't dropping balls like that. And we've seen drops be a common problem with this receiver group uh, with Deontay Johnson outside of Deontay Johnson. Everyone's dropping passes. Uh, I'd like to see, you know, a, a little more work done there and a little more results from whatever work is being done, but also, man, those receivers blocked under Richard and Martavis Bryant blocked, you know, you want, you want someone who was a diva. My Martavis Bryant had all the aspects of a diva wide receiver. Uh, but under, you know, under the Steelers, he wasn't that he, he, he chipped in, he did his work. He blocked people. He did it all. Yeah. And on top of that, just rolling around uh, with the new coaches, uh, it's official with Terrell Austin becoming the new defensive coordinator for the Steelers. Um, I'm interested to hear your thoughts on that. And um, I know we've talked about it a bunch already, but uh, what are your overall thoughts on Terrell Austin officially becoming the defensive coordinator? I expected it. Uh, that's I think that's why he was brought in. I, I, I don't think people realize Keith Butler has been, was with the Steelers before Dick LeBeau joined in 2004 and was likely viewed as the next defensive coordinator at that point. Like he was being groomed to be the next defensive coordinator. Then Dick LeBeau came back and just stayed forever. Like, and then finally they kicked LeBeau out. Uh, I think they brought him in with that idea. And to his credit, I mean, 2000, 
2015 to 2018, the Steelers coverage schemes were predictable and not very good. Um, They're just kind of vanilla. And he didn't, they didn't, help the wide they didn't help the cornerbacks out much at all they helped the other team's wide receivers out a lot 2019 all that changed Terrell Austin made a huge impact on this defense if you're gonna have a Minka Fitzpatrick who is a guy that teams that other teams have struggled to find a place for and then he came and started working for Terrell Austin Terrell Austin started using some schemes that the Steelers hadn't used and he had before Minka Fitzpatrick took off under Terrell Austin uh so if the Steelers, if you're going to keep that going, I mean, come on. If you're going to keep Terrell Austin, you're going to keep Minka Fitzpatrick. You know, if you're going to invest in him, you might want to have the coach that got him, you know, flourishing in the NFL uh, sticking around. So it made sense to me. My big follow-up for him, though, is what are they going to do for the pass rush? Because the only year his defense has had any decent pass rush was when he, they had uh, – what was his name? And Donacon Sue in Detroit before he left Detroit when he was just absolutely wrecking everything. Uh, that, that's the only year he had any decent pass rush. So they're going to have to find a way to replace what Keith Butler brought to the pass rush. Uh, but, but Terrell Austin, you couldn't do better for a scheme for a secondary and coverage. This is actually a pretty interesting thought here in the live chat. Uh, 4TL Music Group says Danny Smith should be replaced. Now, of course, he's not going anywhere. Uh, that move already would have been made by now. But when it comes to like this offseason and the Steelers uh, replacing coaches and like when it came to the question of what they should do with their coordinators, to me, the one name I kept going back to is like it's time for something different on special teams. I, I don't know how Danny Smith is still like he's going on like year 11 now, I think, is running the special teams for the Steelers. I think he got there in 2012. If I'm not mis- mistaken, um, yeah, I, I, I'm curious. Uh, since we're talking about coaches as it is, uh, are you surprised that the the status quo has just been maintained with the special teams coordinator? I, I, I honestly don't know what his strengths are. I don't know what he brings to the special teams. And punters look real bad here. I know punters are terrible here. Pun. This is where punters go to forget how to punt consistently. Uh, but I, I don't know what they judge him by. I, I I don't get it because like all the easy stuff to see looks bad, but then we judge you know Chris Boswell for the for the kicking game. Maybe he's really good coaching kickers. Maybe Chris Boswell's like, no, dude, this is the guy. Like, this is why I'm this good is because of Danny Smith. If, if he's telling that to ownership, then I can understand yeah. why Danny Smith's there. That's it. That's got to be it. Is Chris Boswell's just like, you know what? This is my dude. Uh, you need to keep him around because he helps me, you know, be better. I don't, I don't know if if that's the case, then it makes sense. Other than that, I, I don't know how you justify keeping Danny Smith. Yeah. Aside from that Bills game when the Steelers, uh, what Miles Killebrew and uh, oh, I'm, I'm blanking on who the other guy was that uh, combined for yeah. that block block punt touchdown in Week One. Give me a break, people. That was like six months ago now, but. Um, Aside from that, like, was there any big splash plays from special teams? Like the Steelers' fake field goal against the Browns lost Chris Boswell for a whole game. That was that was something. Um, like, th- that's probably drawn up probably by Danny Smith and approved by Mike Tomlin. And, uh, yeah, it, it's just, like, where are the highlights? Where are the, the punt return touchdowns? Like, Ray-Ray McLeod's one of the best returners the Steelers have had probably, oh, my God. Like, the Steelers really have never, like, just kept a, a pure returner. 
And he's been the most talented one they've had in some time. And even then, the Steelers don't get splash plays hardly ever Mm -mm. from their return units. And then a few times this year, they've got gashed. I don't think they gave up a touchdown, but they got close a few times to giving up some long stuff. If it wasn't for having really good talent on special teams, which I think the Steelers do. I think they have quality special teams players. Yeah. Aside from that, yeah, no, I, I don't uh, I don't love what uh, what's been going on with that special teams unit. Now we are at the ten minute mark. There's one more coaching uh, position that we know is a big fat hole right now and doesn't have anyone. And the Steelers will have to hire somebody at the offensive line coach position. Uh, Andrew Filipponi, uh, take this for what you will. Uh, this heard names of Tom Cable, which actually kind of makes a little bit of sense. Um, former what Raiders head coach, I believe he was. Uh, Seahawks O-line coach, tons, tons of, uh, tons of experience in the NFL. I, I think that would be a good hire. So that's a name that's been floated out there. I know Steelers fans would love Mike Munchak. I think, uh, I think there'd be an eruption of applause if, uh, the Steelers managed to bring coach Munch back, but, uh, I'm curious what your thoughts are on this position and, uh, how long do you expect it to take until they find an O-line coach? I think it's going to be a pretty thorough search because you've got to find someone who can coach for Matt Canada's offense. And that's a big deal. That's a that's a very different scheme than what the Steelers have run before, uh, which is why I don't think you're going to see Mike Munchak come back to Pittsburgh. I know fans, I know a lot of Steelers fans would love to see him because of what he did for that offensive line. But what, what people need to realize is Mike Munchak has always been a very strong pass-blocking offensive line coach. When he goes to a team, their pass-blocking improves not their run blocking Uh, consistently. He's hit or miss in the run game with his offensive lines. And we saw that with the Steelers offensive line. I mean, Ramon Foster, David DeCastro, they were better pass blockers than run blockers, big dudes, big, strong guys. But when Mike Munchak got through with them, they were phenomenal top end pass blockers and no longer, they weren't really good run blockers. Uh, That's not really, what he was known for. And if the Steelers are going for more of a run-based offense, they're going for wide zone and outside zone, stuff like that. That's not Mike Munchak. So I expect that he will not be the the guy who signs on here just because it's not a good fit for what he's best at. He's, he's going to want to go somewhere where, you know, the way he teaches is going to fit the offense and the team's not going to want to hire someone who's teaching doesn't fit. It just doesn't make sense with the direction the Steelers offense is going. Uh, so I don't know exactly where they're going to go with that. Cause I don't really look at what these guys, you know, what schemes these guys are best at coaching. Uh, but I know Mike Munchak is not the fit. He was be- the first time the Steelers hired him anymore. So I don't expect Munchak to be back. Yeah, no, you raise a good point there. And obviously I think that, that will be something to watch out for the coming days. I wouldn't be surprised if that position was filled by the end of this week. Um, of course, the other news, uh, this Thursday coming up, of course, is recorded on uh, Wednesday evenings. Uh, Thursday, NFL honors. Does TJ Watt finally win that damn Defensive Player of the Year award? What the heck happens at the award show? Oh, if, if they don't, like, we need to ride. Like, we need to go out there and go. You need to go to L.A. Go, go toilet paper, the NFL headquarters. Like the eggs and toilet paper, NFL headquarters. If TJ Watt doesn't get Defensive Player of the Year, you know, Steeler fans, let's do this. Uh, but, but really, he should. He absolutely should. I mean, what was it? Aaron Donald said like he he should be like uh, MVP. Like 
Yeah, I, I think he's the there wasn't strong MVP here. candidates this year, so yeah, like yeah, w- why not? Honestly, yeah, if the Steelers had beat Kansas City, that was my thing. If the Steelers but the thing is, the voting City, happens like, in like week seventeen, though. So that oh, or do right. you mean like week seven, like the week? Okay, no, I'm gonna have the playoffs. I don't care. <laughs> no, I just I he he should he should be definitely defensive player of the year, and I I would love to see him get a few MVP votes too. I, yeah, and I hope he does. That that would be uh, that would be cool if he did uh, pick up a vote or two. So hopefully, um, moving past that, I, I know uh, we wanted to go through a little bit of an exercise tonight and kind of break down like the players that are uh, quite cuttable for your Pittsburgh Steelers and um, whether or not the Steelers should hang on to some guys or what they should do with their contracts. So I, I'm going to bring up some guys to you, and uh, I'm curious uh, what you would do with these guys and their contracts. Now, first and foremost, Joe Schobert, Steelers acquired him. He has one of the worst contracts in football, as uh, as reported by a few a few media outlets that kind of rank these things. But um, he, if the Steelers released him, it'd be something like nine point three million dollars back on the salary cap. Uh, he's his dead cap is around three million. Is Joe Schobert? Is there any way he's lining up beside Devin Bush next year, or uh, what what goes on there? No, he's he's almost got to be gone. Uh, his if, I, I don't I don't I don't know what sites have good numbers for for caps and stuff like that. The, all the, the ones I've seen, his cap hit, his dead money is low. Uh, I think it's like if he's a post June first cut, he actually has a really low cap, dead cap hit, and you're saving nine million. Uh, he's not worth that. He is not at all worth nine million dollars. So that's that's an easy decision to me. I think that's obviously like the easiest decision. Uh, is is letting Joe Schobert go because it just doesn't make sense to retain him for what we got. Yeah, um, I also I agree here. I'm sh- I think it's possible to restructure his deal to keep him in. I don't know if I necessarily want that to happen though. Um, again, it, it's going to be one of those things to to watch as uh, as these weeks go by. Of course, once the Super Bowl hits, it's a it's a month until that uh, that legal tampering period starts. It's not a very long pure off season um, from like the, the things going on in NFL world. Uh, it's, it's good for sites like BTSC. Uh, those dog days of uh, the winter and summer are a little bit shorter now with that extra, the extra football action, the extra game. So that'll be a big one to uh, keep an eye out uh, for and uh, just see what happens because cuts will be coming uh, probably not in within the next week or two, but Shortly thereafter, uh, of course, they are on the way. Now, the next guy I want to bring up is Zach Banner. Uh, he won the right tackle job in 2020. Um, couldn't stay healthy, of course, that first game tearing his ACL. Could never really get it back together this year. Uh, getting hurt again and missing a large chunk of time once again. Uh, you release him, it's uh, $5 million off the books. I think his, his dead cap is, is almost nothing uh, in the in the hundreds of thousands of dollars. So, the, the numbers would dictate that uh, you release and move on. What do you do with the most eligible tackle in all of football? <laughs> uh, see, I like the little bit of film we've gotten from Banner. I like, uh, I really liked when they signed him. It was, it was a good deal, but yeah, he can't stay healthy. You can't, you can't dedicate, you know, an extra $5 million to a guy like that. So to me, yeah, that's, that's a cut. That's, that's not even a hard decision, even though I liked the film he put out in the little bit he did play. I liked his preseason work. 
I, I really liked his work in week one before he went down. I thought he looked really good. So sadly, he just he's he's not healthy. And at that, as big as he is, those injuries don't you know always heal right. Those it's just it's just too much force on a on a repaired you know leg. Yeah. <laughs> so. It- with those injuries too, there are times where you just don't ever get right again. It's just, it's just one of those things with these types of injuries. You just don't get fixed. Um, So who knows how this all plays out. Um, But um, yeah, it'll be, it will be one to watch again. I I think banner does end up getting released. Uh, The Steelers obviously need to spend more money in their offensive line. Um, That's $5 million. You can spend on someone else who can actually come in and start. So I do fully expect Banner to be gone. Uh, the next player we I want to break down, another offensive lineman, another tackle, Joe Haig, brought in last year. To me, I, based on compensatory formulas, I thought he was going to be cut before the season even ended. Uh, he's back for another year, not, of course, not affecting the formula any longer, uh, but uh, $2.6 million could be freed up. And uh, again, like seven hundred k uh, on the dead cap. If you were to get rid of Joe Haig, uh, the swing tackle slash backup. Is there any way Joe Haig comes back? $2.6 million isn't like – that's not a ton of money. Uh, I could see Haig coming back simply because he can play tackle. He can play guard. He can play pretty much everywhere. Uh, if the Steelers make a lot of other moves, you know, if you're, if you're going to seriously upgrade this position, I think Joe Haig is a guy you can keep around. So I, I expect them to keep him around at least through to, through the, when they start to see the line come together. And I think he could be uh, a cut late in the process. Uh, but I he, he's hit or miss for me. It, it very much depends on what's going on around him. If you do bring in upgrades, uh, you know, then, yeah, keep him. I believe uh, Chiquimo Okorafor is under contract still, right? No, he's, he's not, a free agent. No, that's right. He's a free agent. Um, no, that's. That's what I was thinking. Uh, I was going to keep Hegg because of that. I was thinking Chukwumo Korofor. If you let Chukwumo Korofor go, uh, then you just keep Hegg. If you if you want to bring back a Korofor, uh, then I think Hegg is expendable. So he's he, he, in my opinion, is tied to if the Steelers bring back Chukwumo Korofor. I think for me, what uh, I kind of anticipate happening at tackle, I think Dan Moore gets another shot at that left spot. I, I think because of how, how big of a need the Steelers – like they have to upgrade and I'm sure looking at this past year's draft, they don't want to force a a third round rookie into the starting lineup in week one right away. I think they, they release Zach Banner. I think they let Chooks walk, but then they go out and sign someone at free agency who that is. I'm not sure, but I I don't think that starter at right tackle is on this team Uh, and they'll find it somewhere else. Joe, I I agree with you. I think in that situation, do you think they keep Hegg? Because I would say at that point you're keeping Hegg. Yeah, you kind of have to. Um, like, I, I wouldn't want him to start. Could he be a swing tackle? Maybe. Um, could he be the backup? Sure. Like, the, it is what it is at that point. Um, we we uh, spent a little time on TJ Watt. Of course, he's not going anywhere. I, I think even if the Steelers did want to release him, which would be dumb. But if they did, it would cost them an extra, like, $30 million. It, like, it, so it's just not happening the way the contract set up, but there is another Watt on the roster. And I, I'm sure there's some people uh, that uh, are curious what to do with old Derek Watt. 2.75 million could be freed up by uh, moving on from the soon to be named defensive player of the year's uh, middle brother, 
in Derek Watt. Uh, special teams demon doesn't hit the field too much as a fullback, but his impact is felt as a special teamer. But is that money too much to be paying to a special teams player slash uh, brother of your star uh, and face of your franchise? I don't think it is. Uh, for for what they would save, I think he's worth letting him play out his contract. Uh just for me, that's I, I think he's worth it for that uh role. If you if you cut him, you need a special teams captain and you still gotta go find a fullback. So for me, I I'd keep him. I, I don't he fullbacks don't get used very much, but you still need them. And he he brings a lot of value as a special teamer, and he does a really good job in the different ways you can motion and move a fullback around. Uh, finding other players to do that's not the easiest thing. Uh, I know I know people want Connor Hayward. I want you know the Steelers to, to get Connor Hayward, bring him out. I think he's one brother to another. Yeah, I think he's a dynamic fit for what Canada does on on offense. I he's a better fit than Derek Watt. I he's a guy I would bring in and I'd keep Derek Watt too. Like I'd, I'd have both of them on the roster for a year and then let Derek Watt go and let Hayward's brother take over, you know, for that that role. Uh, but I, I think it can, I think Derek Watt sticks around. Uh, just I mean, Trey Edmonds is stuck around. Why? Like that that he sticks around practice squad. That stuff it, that doesn't make sense. I don't. I think they'll keep Derek Watt. I don't think they'll cut him. Uh, yeah. I don't. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe they'll just keep him just so they don't have to go tell TJ they cut his brother and that, you know, he's not piss him off. His, yeah. His he's not going to see his niece and nephew as much. His two nephews, I believe. Anyway. Two nephews. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I do want to bring this up though from Brian Brown. He says might as well cut Derek Watt. The Steelers don't use him anyhow. Uh, my argument to that, and I'm sure Jeffrey would back this up. He does a lot on special teams. Uh, it's does. still a third of the game, uh, and. Whenever, like, I know it's easy to blow off kick return and punt return and, and all these things, but think about the 2010 uh, San Diego Chargers. Yes, they were the San Diego Chargers then. Uh, and SB Nation actually put together a great uh, video breaking it down. Uh, in uh, 2010, the Chargers had the number one scoring offense and defense. Number one of both. Uh, it's happened in NFL history before, uh, but it was the first time in some time where an organization featured both. And they missed the playoffs. Why? It's because they had the worst special teams in all of football. It matters. The Chargers had the best offense and the best defense in football, and they missed the playoffs. Well, it derailed the 2009 Pittsburgh Steelers. Tomlin cut all the special teams veterans. It was like, oh, all these, which is a popular refrain from fans, you know? Why do we have these special teams only guys? Just have the young guys do it. Just draft, keep all the guys with the most potential, and just have them play special teams. Well, Tomlin did that. And the special teams were awful. Uh, and and in all honesty, in my opinion, it cost us the 2010 Super Bowl as well because we had signed all these special teams veterans that weren't good for anything else. And we ended up uh, with, what was his name, Anthony Madison was like the, the number four cornerback in the Super Bowl. He's a special teams only guy. One injury, he's on the field. And guess what? Jordy Nelson versus our, our special teams, you know, our only cornerback didn't go well. It went really, really bad. And that's one of the reasons we lost that Super Bowl is because we took special teams lightly for a year for one off season. And it came back to bite the team for two years. Yeah. 
Exactly. Um, and one of the reasons why you need to have some studs still on special yeah. teams and guys that is, is their job. And Derek Watt is amongst one of the best special teamers in football. Him and I'm bringing Miles Killebrew back too. There's no no problem to me having two solid special teamers and yeah. like depth depth guys. Absolutely, 100% every day of the week. I'd want both those guys on. Yeah, the Steelers have actually come across a number of guys who are good special teamers to like great special teamers who are actually solid on the field. We talked about Ray Ray McLeod earlier in this episode. He's one of them. Like as a receiver, he's not the guy you want out there, but you can put him out there and he'll gank, he'll catch the ball and run with it a little bit. And he's a really good returner. Uh, Miles Killebrew, you brought up like James Pierre. Uh, Justin Lane's actually turned into a pretty good gunner. Like there, we've got several of them that, that do that. Uh, Ulysses Gilbert, like we've got a decent number of players who can go in on defense or offense and are really good on special teams. Those guys are very valuable. Absolutely. They are a hundred percent wholeheartedly. They are very important to the integrity of your team. Now getting back to the, the cut or stay thing. Um, basically every other name doesn't make a ton of sense, uh, to release their, their dead cap mixed with the, their cap savings just isn't worth it. Except for one guy that we need to talk about Stefan to Uh, if he's released post June 1st, you save uh, a little bit more than $9 million on your salary cap. Uh, that's a considerable, that's enough money you can go into the season with. Um, and that's, that's the cash you just bring in as your, as your, as your safety net. You could spend everything up until that point. You release Stefan to it there and you go to work and, and you, you have enough money to, to make it work. This is a tricky situation. We, we don't know what, what's all going on with this family uh, side of things. Uh, there's been rumors whether or not he's happy with the team. I, I know that hasn't been talked about too much, but it, it's one of those things that there, there is kind of been rumors flirting around with that. What, is going to happen with Stefan to it. If, if his heart's not in playing football, of, of course, it's the easy move to make, but what do you anticipate happening here with this, uh, Alu Alu slash Steelers side of things? And uh, is there any way that uh, he's back in Pittsburgh next year? For Stefan to it. Um, I hope he's back. Like him and Cameron Hayward have been phenomenal together. I'd love to keep that going. He's also only 28. If, but my opinion is if you cut him, you're you're turning around with that $9 million and you're having to sign someone to replace him. Like, you you kind of have to. You can't go through what we went through this season again. Uh, you can't roll with just Hayward and Alu-Alu as your, you know, your starters and hope that some, you know, you draft a, a guy and hope he's number three. That's that's too much age. Uh, for me, if – if Tuit doesn't come back, and that's on his side, right? Is is he in it? Is he ready to 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 play football for the Steelers again? And if not, then you cut him, and you have to take that money and sign someone new. I don't think I don't know if there's any way to, to, to do it otherwise. If he if he can't come back, if he's not going to come back, you need to know, and, and you need to deal with that. Uh, I. I, I just think that's that's the way they have to approach this season is you have to know what stuff on two it's doing and you have to take that money uh, and use it on someone who's going to be on the field. Absolutely, one hundred percent. Obviously, it comes down to him. Uh, he pretty much has a, a month 
now uh, I'd say to figure out what his plan is. Um, if he's back, hopefully he, he's in the right shape. And of course he's one of the better interior defensive linemen in the sport still. Um, so hopefully, uh, hopefully you get this guy back and you, you still get some great years out of him. If not, you got to be prepared to make that move. Um, moving forward, there was one other kind of activity uh, we wanted to do here for the last 15 minutes of the show. Uh, and that's talking about the positions the Pittsburgh Steelers have to fix this offseason. The spots that have to upgrade, that have to get better this offseason. Now, obviously, I'm sure a bunch of you, the first thing that pops your mind is quarterback. Oh, the Steelers have to upgrade their quarterback this offseason. Oddly enough, this is one of the spots where I'm like, they don't have to do anything different at quarterback other than Mason Rudolph and Dwayne Haskins. We, we, we can get through a year of that if it means fixing the rest of the team that needs to be fixed. Uh, drafting a quarterback and throwing them on the field and getting murdered because the offensive line's terrible, ruining their conference, is that good for anyone? Is that a wasted first-round pick? Maybe. Um, really, it, there are some spots on this team, that some fundamental spots that need to be fixed first to me, at least, I'm sure I know there's people that are going to argue this, but um, when it comes to that quarterback spot, I think you got to have a little bit of patience here unless you're certain you're you're hitting a home run on a franchise quarterback. You can never turn those down. But, Mr. Benedict, when it comes to quarterback, I want to hear your opinion. Is it mandatory that the Steelers find someone this year uh, and find someone that's an upgrade to the two guys they already have on roster? I don't know if you have to get an upgrade for necessarily this year, but I do want to point out that uh, Mason Rudolph's contract is for like $4 million uh, with cutting him saves three, right? $3 million is like Marcus Mariota, Mitchell Trubisky, like those kind of players in that range who we've heard people say, oh yeah, they could come to the Steelers and compete for a job. Basically being like Mason Rudolph is the kind of quarterback that these guys are. They're clearly not the quarterback you want starting. Mitchell Trubisky, you know, he's not the guy you want to throw into your franchises and be like, this is this is our new franchise quarterback. Uh, that's not the guy. But they're guys who can compete to see who's better. Like, you could throw him in there and be like, well, maybe he beats Mason Rudolph. Or maybe Mason Rudolph has a good offseason and beats him out. You know, who knows? But that that's the kind of, when people are talking about veterans, we're talking about bringing guys that are on Mason Rudolph's level. Dwayne Haskins just got a $2.5 million. Like, he's going to get the original round tender, uh, $2.5 million. Like, this is the range we're talking about. You bring in guys, the guys that are being rumored veterans to come in. Even the one I'd like to see, Jacoby Brissett, coming off injury. Like, he's that same category. They're not upgrades. They're a chance to compete to see who can be, you know, borderline the worst starter in the NFL. Who, who can be that guy, a, a bridge quarterback. Uh, so, for me... Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not investing the money to bring in a free agent. I'm not doing that. I'm, I'm not. I'm not spending a bunch of money on this position. I'm not trading a bunch of draft picks to get somebody who already has a big contract. For me, it's it's draft. Uh, if the right guy falls to you, pick him up. You know, and have guys that can 
give him time to develop, and I think that's going to be Mason Rudolph and Dwayne Haskins fighting it out for that role. I yeah, agree. I, so basically, I agree with you, Michael. I yeah, I feel like that's how it probably plays out. If the Steelers can't get the quarterback in the draft they want, I I don't think they go anywhere uh, outside this roster because really, why waste money on a spot that you're going to get the same level of production out of anyway? But the moving moving on here, uh, the center position. Uh, do the Steelers need to upgrade? Or is Kendrick Green, uh, who lost his job to uh, uh, I don't know, J.C. Hassenhauer, is he one of those two guys okay to start at center for this team next year? No, they I are agree. not. <laughs> they are not okay to start on this team. I honestly, I like J.C. Hassenhauer. I was impressed with how much he improved uh, from year one to year two, but he doesn't fit what the Steelers want to do. Like, the Steelers need more mobility from the center. Uh, Hassenhauer, even when he played well, was seriously limited what the Steelers could do on, on offense because of his lack of mobility. He's more of a, just a kind of a mauler in there. He's a scrapper. He's not really, a, you know, an athlete. He's not really a power guy. He's just scrappy. Uh, so there's a lot they just couldn't do with him in there. Kendrick Green obviously has the mobility to – you know, fail at blocking people in whatever scheme you want to put him in. Uh, he can get to him. He's just, he's just wasn't blocking him. I'm all for keeping Kendrick green. Uh, I want to, I want to throw out here something real quick. Any of the guys, people, I hear people talk about like, we got to get rid of Anthony McFarland jr. We got to get rid of Benny Snell. We got to get rid of Kendrick green. These guys, almost all of them, if they're on their rookie deal and they're not a first round pick, most of those guys, if you cut them and replace them with a veteran minimum contract, you haven't saved money. So, like, the Steelers are not going to cut Kendrick Green. There's no way of that. He he saved something like 900000 which is less than most veteran minimum contracts will cost you coming in the next season. So they're just not going to cut him. He will be on this team. There's a reason the Steelers rarely let a rookie contract player go. It's because they're freaking cheap. They are so cheap. So Kendrick Green is is like getting paid J.C. Hassenhauer money next year. That's like if you cut him, it's the same as cutting J.C. Hassenhauer. Uh, so I don't think Kendrick Green's going anywhere. I think he kind of plays for the backup. But I agree with you, Michael. Got to upgrade center. You can't come in with Kendrick Green penciled in as a starter. If you bring in a veteran and Kendrick Green just blows your socks off and advances and, and just is phenomenal in his second year, Cool. That's great. You know, let the guy go after that year. Like there's you could you could do that, but you bring in somebody. You've got to bring in somebody to give you stability and an upgrade at center. I 100 percent agree. Um I'm I'm like if Kendrick Green's not like good enough to make this team though, like if JC Hasnauer's ahead of him, if some veteran center, some draft pick beat him out, like if he's a number three center. I, and like he's he's not the interior three backup, fine. Like I don't care, cut him. Like he has not proven anything. I, I don't I don't know how many teams I'd pick him up. And uh, like I, I suppose he could still end up on a practice squad if, if the rules are still set the way they are. Um, like the the COVID practice squad rules. Outside of that, yeah, I don't know. Like he might get a, an opportunity to try again uh, somewhere, but yeah, I, I I just don't see it. Now I, I guess to move along here. Uh, Obviously, you got to stick at the offensive line a little bit. Uh, right guard. Uh, Trey Turner said he wants to come back. Uh, I'm not sure if I want him to come back, but what are your thoughts on Trey Turner? 
Yeah, Trey Turner's uh like he he's 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 on the level of Ramon Foster when Ramon Foster was old. Right? Like he's 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 that guy. He's no longer the pro bowler they used to be. Uh I he's a free agent. Like I don't I'm not paying much for him. If he wants to come back for, you know, 3 million something like that and compete, then yeah, sure, okay. Uh but if I'm doing that, I'm only doing that if I'm drafting an inside guy, right? To to compete with him, I, I I'm more comfortable letting him go. I can see bringing him back if you if the really the the guard market's not very good. Uh, but there should be a pretty good free agent guard market if a bunch of them resign with their own teams or get the contracts get stupid because that is a thing that could happen this year. You can end up with Trey Turner and be like, all right, if we upgrade center and we upgrade tackle. We can roll with Trey Turner in between and, and you know, live with it. Yeah. But that's – I hope they can upgrade that position. Okay, here's a question that uh, I've I've thought of countless times already uh, because, of course, free agency and the draft being so far apart. Uh, banking on having someone fall to you um, and then not happening and then not being able to sign someone, you, you could really you could really screw yourself. Um, should the Steelers consider signing a center if they're dead set on improving the position um, and still have the mindset that if Linderbaum is, I like, I know it's our draft crush. If Linderbaum's available at 20, do we still take him? Do you, do you try to sign a center that's able to play center and guard uh, in case this uh, scenario plays out? Like what, what do you do here? Because uh, you can't, you can't expect anyone to fall to you in the draft and you can't, to me, you, you can't go into next season without, any semblance of an upgrade that is a that is a good one because like it's not it's not mark Barron and devin bush the steelers signed mark Barron to be that cover linebacker and then they were still able to get devin bush uh they went after him and they got him and they had two they ended up letting mark Barron go after that next year but they were able to both play right so in the scenario you're talking about if you get a guy who can play guard or center and then you go get Linderbaum. Okay, then that guy can play can play guard and Linderbaum can play center. But you can't if you get two centers who really are only centers, you can't play them both. You're not rotating them like you like what are you're you're just gonna pick the best one. Uh man, I'm actually I'm actually gonna turn that back to you. What do you what do you think? Would you be willing to if you sign a free agent who is a starter level center who's not really a good guard, would you still draft Linderbaum if he's available, or would you prefer to roll into the draft going Linderbaum or bust? Like how how old would you like to me the top draft prospects that are actually like guys that can come in to start are all older guys. Like there, there's obviously Ryan Jensen from the Bucks who's about to turn or he is 30 turning 31. If you if you landed him to a four year deal, like the first two years, I'm sure you'd get some great center play, and then it it tail off the last two. I'm sure that's probably how it would play out. And like to a degree, that's fine. You you can kind of deal with that and like worry about another position in the draft. But if you go out and sign the guy from the, the Titans, whose name I'm blanking, I, 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 ben, ben Jones, Ben Jones. Yeah. If you go out and you get him, I'm pretty sure he's capable of playing center guard. He's yep. 34. That would be very on Steelers like to sign him. But if you're signing someone in their mid to late 30s, especially at that position, I'm not afraid to to draft the center and uh, and l- let them start 
over them and kind of use them as a mentor. Like that is fine by me. And with how talented Linderbaum is, what he puts on tape, I'm not sure there's any option out there that he wouldn't be better than that's actually available to the Steelers right here and now. So to me, that's what I would do. Um, If the Steelers are like, okay, if Linderbaum makes it, uh, we're taking him no matter what. Because like, if he is there at 20, there's no prospect that's going to be better than him at 20. That is the best player available at a position you need. You just got to make that. If that's the what the Steelers also come to, then I, I think you have to think about signing that Ben Jones type, someone that can play the guard spot, and someone uh, that if you don't get Linderbaum, okay, we have a band aid for a year, like Green maybe uh, uh, to work uh, his way into that lineup. And speaking of that, Snowman puts five dollars in the tip jar. He says, "I heard Kendrick Green was working out with Mister Pouncey. Yes, uh, he's been uh, doing some off season activities with Marquise Pouncey." Um, like that, that's great. Like I'm glad he, he's working out with some guys with, with uh, especially someone that like knows the Steelers system and uh, things like that. Like, that's awesome. Like, like I, I'm happy he's doing that, but he has some fundamental issues with his game. Uh, he's not, he doesn't need to get any stronger. I, I don't even know if he needs to get any quicker. Um, he needs to be able to just play, play the game better as a set. Like, like I, I hate to say that, but like, it, it, I don't know if use your hands like all of it, right? Yeah, like as someone who played the spot for a long time, like I was a center for like twelve years. Like, like the issues that he has are are ones that are like they're kind of just burned in you, and I'm not sure he can ever overcome that. Uh, Could he surprise me and put in some crazy off season work? Maybe. I really doubt it, considering like how much football I've watched. I I I would be shocked if Kendrick Green made himself into anything, uh, at least with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Maybe if he went into some other scheme, maybe he'd be better. But I just I really don't see it, especially as a center. Uh, I know there a lot of people are saying like, "Oh, flip him to guard." Like I I would be willing to let him try to play guard, but I think that some of those issues may still be there. Um, so I'm I'm more than willing uh, to uh, look another direction now. We are Plus, coming. If you look at the if you look at the Steelers guards that they use, like DeCastro, all Ramon all of they're freaking huge. They're the yeah, biggest guys. Massive. Kendrick Green is small for a center. Like yeah, mm, like I know I know Linderbaum is technically like undersized, yeah. but Green is still a lot smaller than him. And, and go look at Linderbaum's tape. He he buries. He makes people pay for having to line up against him. Like oh, you wanted to play college football and you wanted to play <laughs> against me. I'm going to make your life miserable. He's yeah. a beast. There's a reason why I want him so damn bad. He is on the level of Marquis Pouncey, who is also undersized. The Steelers can survive with an undersized center. Kendrick Green is not survivable. Sorry. That's just the way the cookie kind of crumbles here. Um, I know we really didn't get to the defensive side of the football. We kind of talked on right tackle earlier, and we are kind of getting to the end of our show here. But uh, just sticking with offense, and we can talk about defense next week when we start talking about college football players after the Super Bowl. But offensively, are there any other spots the Steelers must upgrade this offseason? On offense? Uh, no. Really? I don't, I Running mean- back two, maybe? Like that's that that comes to mind like it'd be nice to add another receiver maybe a speed burner maybe a veteran if they lose juju aside from that yeah, yeah. no i agree with you yeah this is, the offense is they did a good job fix the line last year fixing the fixing the running back and tight end and the wide receiver spot is still pretty solid you can add somebody but if you don't you can live with it 
Yeah. All right. Um, we are uh, approaching the end of our show here. So, uh, Jeffrey, is there anything you want to plug for the people? Uh, speaking, you brought up Juju Smith-Schuster. Uh, we're about to, Dave and I are working on a uh, Vertex. It's probably going to be two Vertex, uh, I, I, you know, on the same topic about Juju Smith-Schuster, uh, what he brought to the team. And my thoughts uh, largely on what happened the last couple of years with his game. Uh, so check that out when it comes out. It's, it's Stay tuned for that. It's going to be this week and next week. Great stuff. Um, and to remind everyone, as always, click over to BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Should be your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. From film rooms and Vertex articles uh, from Jeffrey Benedict and uh, some commentary and uh, what my little heart wants to see the Pittsburgh Steelers do. Uh, which they will inevitably not do. Um, you can read those articles also over at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Um, past that, though, I also want to remind you if you're watching, if you're watching on YouTube and Facebook right now, you're still only getting about a third of our BTSC family podcast. You can get the entire family podcast by uh, searching Steelers or Behind the Steel Curtain wherever you get your podcast from. Um, Really, if you can like, subscribe, or just tune in, uh, it helps uh, support the channel and helps get more great Pittsburgh Steelers content out to you. And we'll be along every step of the way this offseason. So tons of content regardless of uh, what happens here in the next couple of weeks. But in Steelers world this year, it's going to be a wild ride. So thank you for tuning into this uh, edition of the Current Call podcast from my uh, co-host Jeffrey Benedict. My name is Michael Beck, and we'll see you guys next week. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today. 
at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.